Welcome to freescripturebooks.org and Knowledge God. My name is Jeff. We're studying judgment. And so let's just jump right into this is part eight, the, in, uh, the day of judgment. The day of judgment. So let's start in Malachi um, chapter four, verses five through six. Behold, I'm going to send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord. He will store the hearts of the fathers to the children, the hearts of the children to the fathers, so that I will not come and smite the land with a curse. The great and terrible day of the Lord. What a what a way to describe that day. You know, I've been saying that the day of the Lord is, is actually two days, a day of the Lord uh, and also the day of judgment. If you're on the side of the day of the Lord, that's good. If you're on the side of the day of judgment, that's not good. But here it's saying the great and terrible day of the Lord. So, you know, what can be great about it? What can be terrible, terrible about it? Great about it is you're on the side of Jesus. What's terrible is you did not or, you know, receive him. You instead you denied him either in word or, or indeed a continuous life of, of that. So he says that he's going to restore the hearts of the fathers to the children, the hearts of the children to the fathers. So we can expect that to be, you know, increasing as the days grow nigh, you know, grow near, um, that more families will come together. There's also scripture talking about that, that other families will actually break apart more. So it'd be a great and terrible day of the Lord, depending on what side you're going to be on. So uh, Zephaniah uh, chapter 1 verses 14 through 18. Near is the great day of the Lord. Near and coming very quickly. Listen the day, the day of the Lord. It is in it the warrior cries out bitterly. A day, a day of wrath is that day. A day of trouble and distress. A day of destruction and desolation. A day of darkness and gloom. A day of clouds and thick darkness. A day of trumpet and battle cry against the fortified cities and the high uh, corner towers. I'll bring distress on men so they will walk like the blind because they have sinned against the Lord and their blood will be poured out like dust and their flesh like dung. Neither their silver nor their gold will be able to deliver them on the day of the Lord's wrath. And all the earth will be devoured in the day of, his, of the fire of his jealousy for he will make complete and indeed a terrifying one of all the inhabitants of the earth. So that was quite a description of the great day of the Lord and talking about the day of the Lord's wrath. So it says they'll walk like the blind and they won't have a clue on how to respond. You know, we're kind of getting a taste of that world right now in this uh, COVID-19 pandemic. Nations and governments and mayors and all the way up are walking like the blind. They say one thing one day, then they reverse the next day. You know, there's people out there demanding to go to work. And there's other people demanding that everybody stay home. And nobody has, has really the, the full answer or the right answers because there isn't a right answer really. So they're walking like blind and not having a clue on how and how we're supposed to respond. It says the rich will be like the poor because their money is not worth is worthless, not any good. Um, and they're, 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 you know their vehicles. There's nobody on the road, so who cares if you got a, a you know a Rolls Royce or you know a Lamborghini or anything? How's that working for you? <laughs> Versus having a Pinto. I don't think those are around anymore. But anyway. When the day of the Lord doesn't matter for rich or poor, doesn't matter if we're high class or low class, so to speak, which color of our skin is, which nationality, where we are, Lord, it's it's it's, it's what matters is we are we on the side of the Lord or are we against the Lord. So it says it's going to be a terrifying time that even uh, great warriors, 
you know, a military men and women, police, fire department, all that kind of stuff, that they'll be, they'll cry out bitterly because of all the destruction that's happening around them. There's scripture in 90, uh, Psalms 91 talks about a thousand fall to my left and 10,000 will fall to my right, but no evil came near me. Maybe you've been standing on that promises as many of us are and, and should, but I've always disliked that scripture and people go, why would you dislike it? Is because I know the thousand are falling to my left, and I know the people are ten thousand are falling to my right. So it's kind of so just for you to make it to the end, while everybody's falling on on your sides, is really a downer. So let's go into the third point of um, the day of judgment. First John four. Uh, Chapter 4, verses 15 through 19, it says, Whoever confesses that, that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides him and he in God. We have come to know that you have believed the love which God has for us. God is love, and the one who abides in love abides in God, and God abides him. By this, love is perfected in us, so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves punishment. And the one who fears is not perfect perfected in love we love because he first loved us so we did talk about the scripture and a little uh, earlier episode but let's um but let's go a bit further on this one talk about that we can have confidence in the day of, of the day of judgment so those who have confidence there's not going to be a terrible and, and and a destructive day because we have confidence that the lord is able to keep us we have confidence the lord is not coming to punish us because he loves us and because he loves us we love him we love because he first loves us so perfect love equals confidence when we understand how much god loves us then we're going to walk with him and obey him and we can have confidence that when god you know lets his anger go that it's not coming against us because we're with him and not against him let's go for second peter uh, chapter 2 verses 4 through 10. For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell, committed them to pits of darkness reserved for judgment, and did not spare the ancient world, but preserved Noah, preacher of righteousness, with seven others, when he brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly, and if he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to destruction by reducing them to ashes, having made them an example of those who would live ungodly lives thereafter, if he rescued righteous lot, oppressed by the sens sensual conduct of unprincipled men, by, for by what he saw and heard that righteous men while living among them, felt the righteous and tormented day after day by their lawless deeds. Then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from temptation and to keep unrighteous under punishment for the day of judgment, and especially those who indulge the flesh in its corrupt desires and despise authority, which is happening lots right now. So we will be preserved up in heaven, I believe, as Noah was lifted up by the water. It talks about Noah, and I know he preached for 120 years. The only people that got on the boat was him and his family, seven other ones. And God brought a flood onto the ungodly, a, a flood of water. He also brought fire down on Sodom and Gomorrah. But before he did that, he uh, he had Lot and in, in his in his family um, escape. Well, at least his two daughters and his wife, but his wife didn't turn back. Uh, she turned into a pillar of salt. And so God is going to preserve us one way or another. It says there'll be a great day of oppression uh, before this great day anyway. It says Lot was oppressed by all the evil that was going around him, so he wasn't partaking in it. But everywhere he looked, everywhere he saw, he was seeing it. And I, I lived in a city a few years ago, and I'd wake up to people using God's name as a cuss word. I know it, the neighbors are so close. I'd have bullets flying around, you know, at night the neighborhood I lived in. The place helicopters going over, and it was, you know, and and seeing all kinds of stuff uh, happening in the cities was just vexing my soul for sure. 
And now in other countries don't see it as much, but all you have to do is just turn on the news and you can just be really depleted real quick, depressed real quick because of what's what's going on. And oppression because, you know, we are, you know, we as Christians, we, you know, we not only preach the gospel, but we tell, but we have an optimistic view. We, we, we believe that, you know, God is well able and, and, and willing. But man, just to tell people how good God is, is, you know, you can feel oppressed by saying it because you don't know if they're going to jump on you or, or, or what. But it says we will be uh, rescued from the onslaught of, uh, of temptation. Yes. But punishment is coming. Punishment is coming for those who um, refuse the, the, the pardon of God, which is Jesus Christ. So let's go to verse 5. Five, the fifth point of the Day of Judgment, Matthew chapter 11, verses uh, 20 through 24. It says, Then he began to announce the cities in which most of his miracles were done, because they did not repent. Woe to you, uh, Chorazon. Woe to you, Bathsheba, or Bathsheba. For if miracles had occurred in Tyre and Sidon, which occurred in you, you would have uh, repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. Nevertheless, I say to you, it would be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the day of judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, will not be exalted to heaven, will you? You would ascend to Hades. For if miracles had occurred in Sodom, uh, which occurred in you, it would have remained to this day. Nevertheless, I say to you, it would be more tolerable than the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for you. And let's hop on down to, which is back actually backward, to Matthew 10. Uh, 11 through 15 and whatever city or village you enter inquire who is worthy in it and stay at the house until you leave that city as you as you enter the house give it your greeting if your house is worthy give it your blessing of peace but if it's not worthy take back your blessing of peace whoever does not receive you nor heed your words as you go out of the house or that city shake the dust off your feet truly i say to you i'll be more it'll be more tolerable for the land of sodom and gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city so talking about the day of judgment, all the day of judgment, the day of judgment, the day of judgment through those, through those scriptures that it'll be more tolerable um, for Sodom and Gomorrah than it will be for our nation. Because you know, who much is given, much is required. And uh, Jesus was talking then back then, seeing the miracles that he did in those cities. But those cities don't even exist. Well, most of them don't exist. I think one, one maybe one exists. But anyway, we, I mean, we've seen those things for nearly 2,000 years. The gospel has been preached. People have been born again. People have seen changes in people to testify that there is a God, that there is a Christ, that there is a Savior, that people's nature can change through a moment of time of praying at, uh, in the name of the Father. Uh, uh, they've received Jesus in our heart. We get a new heart and a new spirit. And so, so this generation is going to require a whole lot more judgment than the generations before where they didn't see those kind of things. So we've got to know is, you know, is our city open to the gospel? That's one thing we want to do. If you really love your city, then we need to go out there and, 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 and speak the truth and, and, the, and the gospel so they're not destroyed on this, on this, day, this great day of judgment. This great day of judgment, there's going to be cities and, and states and even nations disappear because of their um, rejection of, of Jesus and his bride, which is the church. So is, it, is your city open to the gospel? Or if your city persecutes, uh, if, you're, if the city persecutes Christians, it's, it persecutes Jesus. You know, remember Paul, uh, uh, before he was Saul of Tarsus, and he was persecuting Christians and delivering Christians up to jail and over, over to death. And as I was on the way to uh, Damascus, Syria, and when uh, Jesus shone a bright light on him, Jesus in his, probably just in his glory, and Paul went blind and cried out, Lord, and, and Jesus asked him, so why are you persecuting me? And, you know, Jesus took a personal what Paul was doing to the bride of Christ. 
And the same happens today. Jesus takes it personal for what we do or for what the city do, does to those who re receive Jesus, receive the free pardon of Jesus. Uh, Matthew chapter 12, verses 33 through 37, another day of judgment scripture. It says, either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For the tree is known by its fruit. You brought of vipers, how can you be an evil speak what is good? For the mouth speaks out of which fills the heart. The good man brings out the good treasure, which is good. Um, and then the evil man brings out of his evil treasure what is what is evil. But I tell you, whatever careless word that you speak, they will show give an account of the day of judgment. For by your word you'll be justified, and by your word you'll be condemned. Now we taught I taught about this scripture about the day uh, of judgment seat of Christ for the believers. Well, this is also everyone everyone's going to be judged by this. You know, believers in Jesus and believers who don't. So even the ones who are not going to heaven are, are still going to be judged by the words they spoke. There's been a whole lot of words that people have spoken that have caused death, you know, to the most highest, I mean, end of life. So out of the heart, the mouth speaks. We talked about that. The heart can only justify what it decided to do. So you got to understand in the day of judgment, when you're not standing with Christ, that means you don't have no defense attorney. If you go to court, you have to defend yourself. And, 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 and if you lost the case, you know, you're, you're going to, uh, perish and not only perish but spend eternity in in hell your heart's not going to you know keep the fifth like in a, here in the united states of america where you can plead the fifth and uh not incriminate yourself so you just remain silent you, you have the right to remain silent uh, your heart's going to have to speak up but the thing is your heart can't defend itself all it can do is justify itself so the heart's going to say yes i did it but this is the reason why and i have justification to, you know for why i did that and you should and you should let me off because it was just to do but the thing is, we cannot justify ourselves. Only Christ can justify us by what he did upon that cross. It's his blood that cries out justification for us. Our, our blood may cry out justification, but it's corrupt blood. It's, 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 it's sinful blood. But Jesus will, if we have Jesus, he will defend us. And it is his blood that cries out and we are justified in him. We are made right um, um, through him and, and, and not of ourselves. But the heart cannot remain silent, so it's going to speak up, but it's not going to... And uh, it can't lie in that in that in that defense, but it's going to speak up and say why it did that, and everybody should uh, accept whatever the heart says, and whatever the heart wants, it gets. No, you don't want that. The heart's deceitful among all things. I did this because I had reason. Let's go to um, point eight. Let's see. This is the day, the day of judgment. And it goes on, says, "No, know this." For, this is Second uh, Peter, sorry, Second Peter, chapter three, verses three through nine. Know this, first of all, in the last day, mockers will come with their mocking, following their own lust and saying, "Where is the promise of his coming?" For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all continues just as it was from the beginning of creation. Creation. For when they maintain this, it escapes their notice that by the word of God, the heavens existed long ago, and the earth was formed out of water and by water, through which the world all the time was destroyed, being flooded with water. But by his word, the present heavens and earth are being reserved for fire, kept for the day of judgment. Kept for the day, the, the, the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. But do not let this one fact escape you. Notice, beloved, with the... That with, um, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like one day. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing for any perish, but for all to come to repentance. So the day of the judgment says, By his word, the present heavens and earth are being reserved for fire for the day of judgment. So the day of judgment is a matter of, uh, 
of fire, whereas the day of judgment during Noah's time was water. Because, you know, water cleanses. Water drowns, too, but it also cleanses. But fire does the same thing. Fire burns up, destroys, but it also cleanses. And so the God has reserved the day of judgment, um, reserved uh, heaven and earth for a reserve for fire for the day of Excuse me, day of judgment. And it starts out that many people mocking. Right now, you can hear people mocking all the time, mocking that Jesus is even going to return. You know, mocking all kinds of different ways. Even Christians, you know, that that, that believe in Jesus, but they mock, you know, the rapture, mock that that he's going to come back um, and 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 deliver us. Uh, they do not, some do not believe Jesus is returning. Some believe that we are the body of Christ, so Jesus is going to stay up there and 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 he's ruling through us. Uh, people are believe that Jesus will return, but only after the church takes her authority over the enemies of God. Um, there's a new teaching out there. It's not really new. It's been out for at least 10 years, more than 10 years, 15 years, called Victorious Eschatology. And before I heard that, I was taught Victorious Eschatology, but in the means that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the word of a testimony, and not, our own, and not loving our own life. But this Victorious Eschatology talks about how the church is going to rise up and is a power and authority and m many of the nations are going to be saved many of the people are going to be saved so when jesus comes back he just has a little bit of work to do and i do not believe that i believe things are going to get worse and worse but i do believe the church is going to rise up and that we will take our place but many will be you know slaughtered and um in the name of jesus and there'll be many trials and tribulations so things are not getting better as as victorious eschatology says as far as morality as far as loving god those things are getting worse but if you want to talk about science yeah that is getting better because god is pouring those things out god is giving us knowledge god is showing us things that are coming in the age when and i like to get into hebrews with that but i won't right now other people believe jesus rules through us and will not return physically uh some a lot of people are mocking us because there is no God, who, or or they say there is a God, and they even believe in Jesus, but God is not judges anymore. Old judgment has been done away with, you know, um, until we die. Once every man's given once to die, then face judgment. So the people say, say right there, tell you right there, we don't get judged until we die. There's no judgment. Everything that's going on down here is because the big bad devil, you know, is going around killing, stealing, and destroying. Even though it says, even though we have scripture. You know that that says that uh, that the uh, Jesus our, uh, Jesus had taken the authority away from Satan. You know, I do believe that Satan is killing, still and destroying, but I but he doesn't have the power that a lot of people want to give him. A lot of people want to give Satan. Satan is the god of this world, but they want to make him like he's just doing every single thing. Everything good is God, but everything bad is the devil, and we have more bad things than good things. And God is up in hands up there. He's going like, I'm waiting for you guys to take your authority. I'm not going to do anything. And so the church has got to rise up and. Be beat down the devil because he's doing all these horrible things and I don't agree with that I do agree you know that we have authority we do need to rise up Satan does come could have still destroy but I like to look at it like this as you say tornado because I live, live in tornado land Oklahoma you know so tornado comes through and makes a lot of destruction well, right after that, you have a whole lot of thieves coming through and, you know, trying to steal and take what they want. And Satan always makes things worse. You know, we have this stuff like the Ferguson's, you know, some of this race rights, this kind of stuff. Well, a lot of those people, you know, are coming from other cities just to make things, you know, worse. You know, they come to kill, steal, and destroy. They're making things worse. So Satan has always takes advantage of it. So if God does judge, he always takes advantage of it makes it look like it's going beyond and and it is often beyond and above even when god judged israel he handed them over to uh 
um, Nebuchadnezzar. And Nebuchadnezzar was supposed to punish him so far, but you know he went beyond his his reign and, and punished him more than they should have. And so God had to punish you know Babylon even more. And so that happens. Satan is always going to take advantage of crisis. Yeah, some of you guys are understanding that. So, a lot of people want to talk. There's a lie of evolution. You know, um, we're not getting any better. We are the same as, as Adam and Eve. There's nothing changed. They had the same desires. We have the same desires. We may have more knowledge in certain areas, you know, and think we know better. But, you know, there is nothing different. We haven't changed one iota in our there is no such thing as evolution. Earth is once destroyed by water. Earth will once will will be purged with fire and then taste. Uh, heaven and earth will you know will pass away, but the word of God will never never uh, pass away, never change. But I don't believe that heaven and earth are going to disappear. Like God's going to create a second earth and a second heaven, move us migrate us over there, and then destroy those two. But I believe heaven and earth are going to be uh, made new the same way a, a Christian is made new. You know. Uh, um, we're, we're purged of the old spirit it says put off the old man put on the new man we become born again our mind is renewed um, day by day we go from glory to glory you know and then one day we do get a new body so I believe the earth is and heavens are gonna be done the same way purged with fire you know and renewed probably with mankind just like Noah was you know Noah saved their uh, off, off that got off that ark and then everything had to replenish the world uh, replenish the world so when we come back with Christ, we're probably going to be doing something like that. This world's going to be a mess. And so we're going to need to uh, replenish the world. Uh, there is a lease on the earth. You know, we talked to the scripture up here talking about a thousand years on earth like a day in heaven. So apparently heaven may be a planet in itself. You know, and it, I guess it has a sun nearby too. But it, but the, but, but it's like a one, one day in heaven is like a thousand years here on earth. So what goes around is that there, since God created seven, you know, a seven, a seven day, uh, day week, and He's given a lease of a, a one week here on on Earth, which means seven thousand years, and that was gonna that lease was given to man, given to Adam, but Adam sinned, and Adam says what Scripture, what scripture says that you know what, whatever we um, bow down to, whatever we sin to, is is what we is what we serve, and so Satan was able to get that lease out of the hands of Adam because he bowed down to uh to satan you know remember jesus uh satan tried to do the same thing to jesus but jesus refused and jesus is also called the last adam and so that lease was was handed over to satan and for four thousand you know some years that satan was able to you know to have that lease and 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 do bring in certain kind of destruction but when jesus came you know on the on the on the on the fifth day um or in the fourth day and then the fourth day uh, he, he came in and, and won that lease back. And so, but, but that lease is still, still around. And so Jesus went to heaven to make intercession for us. Satan is still the godless world, but the lease is running out. And that lease is going to be returned to Jesus' hands at the end of uh, seven, uh, seven. But Satan was going to be uh, also locked up for a thousand years. And so I know I'm, I'm kind of rambling on this. Sorry about that. But well, because this is more on judgment and not really on end times. I mean, it is on end times of judgment, but I'm not going deep into that. So anyway, Satan is, is, is the God of this world. He does not have the authority he once has. He doesn't even have the power that he once has. He's, you know, he had the power of death, 
but the power of death was actually the fear of death, the fear of dying. Because anytime somebody's afraid of dying, you can control them which way you want to go. But if somebody's not afraid of dying, you can't convince them to go one way or another because they're just not afraid. And so that's what Jesus took, you know, diffused Satan with when he doesn't have the power of, of, of fear. And, you know, God has not given the spirit of fear, but when a power of love and a sound mind, when Satan doesn't have it over us, he doesn't have anything on us. So God is uh, not slow. We need patience and love during this time. Um, it seems like he's slow, but he is long-suffering for every one of us. Aren't you glad that he's been a little bit slow on your behalf to repent and come to him? So we're going to do this in part two here. Uh, freescripturebooks.org, the knowledge of God. Be blessed.